Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it is Wednesday with a fun nine-game slate to choose from here in the NBA. In this one, we are going to be talking about the marquee matchup in the East that we've got here. The Nets are playing the Celtics in Boston. Also got another game video up for you and our player props, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out everything we're talking about there and more on thelines.com and use that odds finder tool that we have there for you guys. That's where we show you all the offerings on those U.S. sports books, giving you guys NBA bets this season. You can make sure you're getting the best odds on everything you're betting on. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this big slate for Wednesday night and then talk about our game, Celtics and Nets. Yeah, a lot of things to choose from here. We got Magic plus nine at the Sixers, immediate rematch there. Embiid is questionable, so is Wendell Carter. The Wizards minus six and a half at the Pistons. Blazers plus five at the Grizz. Uh, Steven Adams is out. Desmond Bain is questionable there. Nets plus eight and a half at the Celtics. We'll look at that game here. Warriors looking to gain some more momentum on the road. Minus three and a half at Minnesota, 238 total. 244 total in San Antonio with the Kings visiting. Kings are eight-point favorites there. The Thunder, we're actually going to break down a Thunder game here today. Uh, Minus five and a half at Houston. Uh, Houston's going to be without Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. So Raptors plus three at Utah. And then it closes with the the Hawks plus one and a half at Phoenix. Uh, Good Lord, don't make me pick a winner there. Uh, But yeah, Nets, Celtics, I don't know if I'm leaning towards the spread as much. I will will certainly lead by saying I'd rather, per usual, take the, the road team to cover lately than take the Celtics to win by double digits at home. They just, they've had that target on their back. They are now four and eight against the spread. Their last 12 is home favorites, um, and, and a lot of these have been really close. They've been losing to the Knicks. Overtime with the Lakers, LeBron certainly feels they should have lost uh, if there was video review on that on that, or if the Lakers had saved their challenge, they would have. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it's a rivalry game, and I, I'm hoping this total will get bet down a little bit. It's at 226.5 because the these teams played. It was the first game without KD. And it was another uh, low-scoring bruise fest, 109-98 win for Boston. The previous one, even with KD, was even lower scoring. But that was a Sunday afternoon game. You guys know how we feel about those. Uh, and since then, um, the Nets have picked it up, and it's not been because of their defense. It's, it's been a Kyrie Irving-led team, and that's mean that means you know we're going to just be extremely efficient on offense. They are. In their last six here, the number one three-point shooting team by a mile, 46% from deep. They have a 128 offensive rating, and their games are averaging 240, uh, 122, giving up 118. Their defense, which in the areas they've been bad all year, is even worse. 25th in free throws allowed on the year. Now they're 30th in the span. 27th in offensive rebound. Now they're 29th. Uh, And 26th in opponent three-point percentage. That has stayed steady. So... Boston, their their offense has been in, uh, dropping bad badly in this last six year. They've still got been scoring a lot because they had those overtime games with the Warriors and the Lakers, whatnot. Uh, and that Knicks game went to overtime too, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I think this is a get right spot for them uh, to get to get back to scoring at home. Um, their usual, I mean, even in this late struggles in January, they're scoring one nineteen at home. And leaning on free throws, 
which I just mentioned the Nets are dead last given up right now. Um, they're still three and two to the over in those home games with that, that Warriors game that barely went under because of the overtime. Uh, and you look at when they have a little extra rest, the last seven, they've at least gotten to 227 with every opponent. That's seven of eight situations on the year. And a lot of those games are against like Miami, Cleveland, Chicago, uh, not necessarily teams you expect to try to get up and down and score a lot. And, and the Nets are capable of playing that way. Uh, before these two slugfests, I mean, it was before Jacques Vaughn, so that's a big disclaimer, but it was a 126-120 game. Tatum dropped 54 on this on this team. Um I think maybe it's a get right spot for him because no Ben Simmons, no TJ Warren, along with KD, there's no big wings, really. The Nets are trotting out Joe Harris, Seth Curry, and Kyrie at the same time. Uh, And that's just like barbecue chicken on the other end, right? When you have Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon, Tatum as your three wings on the other end, Celtics are going to score a lot here. I think they're going to get right. They're going to do their part. And I think you know, we we argued a little bit about Kyrie 30 points over under. I mean, he was going to cruise past that if the Lakers were competitive in, the, in that last game for the Nets. Uh, I know he struggled against the Celtics, but no Marcus Smart. I, I do think he scores enough to keep this one close. He certainly loves being the villain, and he's got some notable road home splits this year. Uh, averaging 30 on the road with a 125 offensive rating and carrying this team right now without KD. Yeah, he's carrying them um, for sure. Um, it, 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 the margins, though, are still there for for what I'm talking about here. I mean, if 29 and a half, 30 points a game, and he's got to get 31 tonight. Um, I know that's that's pretty much where we're at. So I, we're saying that's where his prop is at. You talk about, sorry, you kicked me off with Kyrie, so I'm starting off with Kyrie. Um, but, you, you know, in his last four against them, right, we talk about 19 points a game or so. I know it's a slightly different situation, uh, but he did play one of those without KD, I believe, as well, a couple years ago when he was missing some time. Uh, KD had like a month stretch where he missed as well. But um, so, you know, I, I think the whole sort of revenge narrative, it, it's gone. I mean, there's there's not much there for it uh, for, for Kyrie. And, and that's why I think, you know, he, he kind of exploded a few times against the Celtics after he left now you know he's coming been coming back and it's, it's just not the same he, he did fail to go under 30 last time I, I think the the Boston defense that's just the Boston way of playing uh in their last six games or so which um I don't know what you want to do with that Marcus Smart missed most of those so there's probably something to that right uh in, in terms of what's been happening but it's just the fact that is that they're better on defense now than they were when Marcus was in there and they're worse on offense than they were when Marcus was in there. I don't think I want to make that direct correlation. That's kind of my point. And he's the only notable missing guy consistently right now for this team um, as he tries to work his way back. But uh, the last six games, three and three, but, you know, just sloppy. And yes, there's been a number of overtimes, like you said, which is why there's been some high totals for the for the the Boston uh, for the Celtics team here. But in their last six, fourth in opponent field goal percentage, sixth in uh, opponent three pointers made and three-point percentage they're fourth in limiting free throw attempts they're ninth in limiting assists still not the best rebounding team uh, in the league but not the worst either and then their offense is just the opposite of what it's been fifth uh they're, they're down to 28th in assists per game where they're fifth normally on the season making the most assisted uh three-point field goals 35.8 percent from deep only about you know a, little, a few percentage points worse than their normal on the season but they're just making a few less as well uh than they do on the season i mean that's going to be their offense no matter what so i, I think you're you're fine in, in sort of assuming that threes are going to be taken and threes are going to be made at least at like let's say 12 to 13 of them are 
probably going to be made even on a somewhat off night for the Celtics team. So what are you doing around, uh, you know, the rest of everything? I would also say uh, to Watanabe, he's likely to play, but there's a few other guys that might miss some time as well for Brooklyn. They're just so thin right now. Uh, and, and you talk about with Simmons out as well, like, who, who's guarding these wings there this this could be uh Jalen and, and uh Jason's time to sort of come out of whatever shell they've been in a, a bit um over the course of those last six like we we're talking about here and maybe just go get those free throws you want to see Tatum attack a bit more that's when he's at his best we know what he can do from deep um but if when he's working within the system of the offense as opposed to sort of getting those iso balls um then that's when you know they're a lot better in my opinion the, the lack of assist that they've been having over their last six is a huge reason for that so I, I would be surprised if um you know if, if Missoula is not talking about that in, in terms of the way that they're moving the ball right now, especially because if they're going to get uh, free throw attempts against this team, like the way that Brook the Brooklyn hemorrhages them, I, that's just going to continue to lead to, you know, stoppage of that clock and, and the ability for some more points. Obviously, the pace sort of scares me a little bit for, for Boston because they've been playing a lot slower uh, in their last six as well. It's just been sort of more of their defensive style. I don't really under maybe it's because of the way they've been playing mostly teams, um, you know, at least the Knicks and the Lakers teams that are play super fast. Right. And, and teams that are getting up and down and scoring a lot of points right now. So there's something maybe there's something to that effect for why, you know, they sort of wanted to slow it down against those teams. They didn't even really do it effectively. So I guess my main point in terms of game theory here for, for the total is um, I just prefer to take the the. the Celtics, to be honest, I do think they're going to cook in this one. I think they pull away in the fourth. I know Kyrie's been scoring the most points in the fourth quarter uh, this season, but you saw last game as well. He kind of got shut down, um, which was a big reason why I think, you know, shut down. He wasn't really needed in the fourth quarter, but um, and that's probably a bit of a reason for the under as well. But they're still getting to 121 without him getting to 30. Um, so either way, I think that the total is just a bit more fair than I'd, I'd like to touch it right now. Like you said, I'd like for it to even like go up a bit and, and then feel better about the under at like 230. Um, so maybe there's a teaser in there to get it to two thirty if you want it, but I feel good enough about Boston in this one that I'm not scared by the eight points. So I think we can agree on, on Boston team total then based on our analysis of this, that the nets Thank just you. aren't stopping them right now. And it's a get right spot for their offense. It's go. just a question. Are the nets going to come along? Are they going to continue to hit threes at, at a ridiculously high clip, which in their last two, they've hit 38 um, and, and taken 81 threes. And those two key without Ben Simmons, right? So it's much more of a five out or four out with Claxton. And they're getting looks because nobody can really check Kyrie one-on-one. Um, and and the Celtics can't without Smart. I mean, if Brogdon's playing, I mean, maybe if Derek White is playing more, they can, they can defend Kyrie a little bit better. But Brogdon is not going to be able to lock him up. I mean, he's just, he's, he's an unbelievable talent. Uh, say whatever else you will. But, and he's just, like I said, he's, he's pouring on the hate on the road, he's, he just doesn't even seem interested when they play at home. Uh, but he, you know, this spot in Boston, nothing would fire him up more. That's why I would be terrified to take under 30 points um, and, and why I think he does do enough to keep them relatively close uh, and keep this one entertaining. Well, maybe it's a good moment for me to remind everyone that we basically went 100% last night. I think maybe Terry Rozier got a few more rebounds than we expected, and that was one little bet that, that didn't fall through. But uh, I'm my point here to say is uh, that that start that we had to the to the week last night in player props was predominantly due to Nate, and I'm going to follow him on this one, even though I like a Kyrie under a bit. Um, I'm, my boy's sizzling right now, so I will uh, I'll, I'll maintain my uh, my I'll keep my my Kyrie bet to myself for now. Thunder. Uh, this game we're talking here, minus five and a half. Totals up to 232 at Houston with no Jalen Green and Kevin Porter for the host Rockets. Raptors plus three at the Jazz. And then the Hawks are plus one and a half 
at Suns to close it out. Um, also, Alperin Sangoon is you know expected to play. He's available, but missed a game with an illness, so you don't necessarily know how effective he will be with the Rockets. Uh, I, I, it's a weird spot, I said to you, trying to take the Thunder as favorites because it, it happens so rarely. It's usually they're the plucky underdogs who's like, yeah, they're no, they're covering seven points in Denver or whatever, and, and they just actually go out and just win those games because, I mean, at this point, they are a, a playoff team in the West. They're in the bunch. They're, in, they're one of five teams with 26 losses at the 7-12 to 12 range. So they're not tanking anymore. And that's why I kind of throw out the lost four of their last five against Houston with, you know, both teams trying to sink to the bottom as much as possible uh, with OKC playing those that pick swap game and being like, well, we don't have your pick till 2024, so we don't need to beat you yet. Uh, they have many, many of their picks later on from that Westbrook trade. But um, so many. Yeah. But right now, I mean, OKC is a is a top team. And they've covered in four straight as favorites. Uh, average margin of victory is 15 points per game. Granted, all of those were at home, but all of them against pretty good teams too. 0-3 against the spread as road favorites. That's mostly is just a situation of no sample size. And two of those in November. One of them at Houston, granted. Uh, but Jalen Green had to go off uh, for, for 28 points on efficient shooting, which almost never happens. And Sangoon had to go off for 21 and 17 for them to uh, to pull out that win, the Rockets. The good news, if you like OKC, SGA and Josh Giddy both played well. Uh, Dort and Poku, who were in the starting lineup and are inactive tonight, were, were awful. Uh, they're minus 20 or whatever. And Poku is, is like the human uh, tanking mascot, whatever. You, they just trot him out there when they need to lose. Uh, and he's been he's been out for a while, but in any sense, I mean, the, the Thunder have the best player on the floor by a mile in this matchup. I don't know how the Rockets are going to score. They do have a ton of, you know, feisty power forwards type players. Jay Sean Tate is like a power forward masquerading as a point guard. So I I think they can, they will be scrappy here. That's why I do like the under uh, as well. Um, Houston is like dead last by a mile in turnover rate. Uh, and, and OKC's defense has been really good in the areas they need to be to limit Houston. In, in, um, in January, number one fast break points, number one points off turnovers, fourth in three-point percentage, also fourth in paint points. They are allowing a lot of free throws, but Houston's kind of shifted from scoring the bulk of their points off free throws to the bulk of their points just in the paint. Uh, without Porter and now without Jalen, that's where they've been getting them because, yeah, it's guys like Tariz and, and, and Jabari Smith trying to do the work down low. Um, so I know Josh rolls his eyes sometimes because I, t- I suggest a teaser a lot uh, as a way to be safer, but I think this is actually a prime teaser spot to go OKC minus one and a half under 236. Uh, I mean, I think you can also just parlay those in, in any fashion, money line under because I think 232 is a little too high when the Rockets, I mean, literally, I don't I don't know how they're going to score with this lineup. I mean, you're getting this down to about a, a money line bet anyway. So like we're saying, you're afraid, a little bit afraid of the 232 and a half and going under there. But 
I am not. Uh, that's why I would prefer the, the parlay uh, in terms of the, the OKC. I mean, shit, OKC by five is fine by me. Uh, I like the total a lot as well. I'll probably hit them both separately and then just be a bit of a coward and hit OKC money line with that total because I'm not really scared of it. Like you said, without Jalen uh, Green and Kevin Porter Jr., not really sure where the, uh, there's about to be some guards out there um, that should not be playing in the NBA, basically, is what's going to happen for, for this uh, Houston team. So I'm not really sure how they're going to set up whatever kind of offense they normally have which as you've said their offense is essentially threes or 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 layups and or free throws which is not a bad uh you know remedy for success on offense it's just that they don't really have the players to make smart decisions enough to get you know to to set up that offense and and get quality looks from three or quality looks at the rim etc so um without those two dude like yeah they're gonna be fine down low i suppose if sangoon plays they do need him about five more rebounds per game for the rockets when sangoon's in there they have about three point uh three percentage points better on their field goal percentage they're also two possessions per 100 slower obviously just actually running through him a little bit more um and and, and getting uh, a few more you know defensive rebounds and stops uh, essentially is what what they do with uh with sangoon in there um but I, I so i think they need him to play for sure oklahoma city was getting a bit more of their points in in the paint not quite uh the case uh as much of late but you know in terms of uh on the road for this team you talk about the the defense that they've been playing over their last 15 um and I would just also add that they've been playing credible in the fourth quarter, fifth best net rating with 106 defensive rating. It also kind of leads to that under, like like we said, I don't know who's going to score for this Rockets team. And I think the this Thunder team has just been playing defense at a much better clip um, than, than they were at, you know earlier in the season at, at different points, like very early, especially when they lost to this Rockets team. Uh, you know, that that, that uh, loss to the Warriors and the loss to the Hawks uh, are a bit indicative of, of what they're not capable of necessarily in terms of the Thunder, keeping up with teams that can shoot a ton of threes keeping up with teams that can you know sort of outdo them in the in the pace category there uh, and want to get up and down a bit more than them get a ton of assists uh do both of those teams as well the hawks and, and the uh and the warriors so um this is not the same style of offense that they're facing here in oklahoma city right this is going to be like i said a lot choppier um and, and a lot uglier so um you know the defense at home for for houston a little bit better as well i mean they do allow the most points off turnovers which is going to be a problem against this okc team who's been turning those into points like you you mentioned in the last 15 games being basically number one at that um and they've been really good against limiting points in the paint okc does score the fourth most although like i said on the road a little bit worse lately but still that's where they're going to score because shy just gets into the painted area at will right he's basically stepping on the free throw line by the time like the shot clock hits like 18 and you're like how did he already get there um and, and so then from there everything is just works off of that you wish that lou dort being out doesn't you know helps the under as well um there's a one less three-point shooter for sga to kick out to once he does get into the paint um and you know the the uh the the rockets have been the third best opponent field goal percentage on the road um while they've been dead last in opponents three point three-pointers made so they're they're not giving they're giving you the three-point line a lot more they're not giving you anything inside and that's what i mean you know in terms of okc that that's not necessarily how they're going to be able to 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 do their best on offense they need to get into that lane and they need to sort of just create space closer to the basket um than maybe you know the other teams anyway so um with the, the sort of the, the the increase of defense that we've seen from houston at home uh and, and the lack of offense that we know they're going to have the great defense on the road for the uh, the thunder throughout the whole game and in the fourth quarter which this one might be over by the fourth quarter, so who knows if they even need that. Uh, I, I feel fine about the under, and, and like I said, I'm taking OKC at minus five. I think they, they should win this closer to double digits, to be honest. 
Yeah, I mean, you said pack it in against OKC and and deny that mid-range paint, which is why four of these last five meetings have gone under and way, way under as well. Uh, also, OKC's road home splits, I mean, pace is, is four possessions slower on the road. Their last six yep. uh, have only averaged 224 against good offenses, and, and they've still covered in six straight as well. So, yep. yeah, more reasons to like both. And yeah, you might be a little scared of the Rockets. They're two and two in the last uh, four. Ooh, after losing twenty four of twenty five, <laughs> but they beat Detroit in their last game, which is you know also you know, that's a that's a tank matchup. It's we're both yeah. going for the worst record, and they only beat Minnesota thanks to forty two points from Jalen on an outlier efficient uh, performance. They're still gonna have a one hundred eight offensive rating, which is one of the worst in the league. 24 to 18 assist to turnover and only hitting seven threes at 27% worst in the league. So they're not going to hit a lot of threes. They're going to try to keep OKC from hitting a lot of threes. <clears throat> as long as we don't have a parade of free throws, this game should be going under. And, and there haven't been that many free throws for, for either team, or at least for, for the Thunder, quite to the extent that I thought they would be shooting a lot more free throws, to be honest, uh, and they're not. So that, that also helps this game from stopping the clock, et cetera. Yeah, I think the under is a, is a good play here, and, and I, I just don't see the, the path to victory or the path to covering uh, for the, the Rockets when they're not. I don't think maybe Eric Gordon goes off for like 35, and that's that's the key to this. So maybe there's some Eric Gordon stuff we want to look at. And as he's honestly, when he's played without both of those guys this season, even without one of them, them, he's gotten a lot better right? and he, he's got a, a couple really good games uh, without both of those guys in the lineup this season which has only happened about twice or three times I believe so there is an Eric Gordon world uh, a world where Eric Gordon kind of comes in and, and dashes everything we say here but uh, that's that's a bit of an anomaly for, for EG to be turned back the clock like that so I think we can feel a bit more comfortable about what we've said here you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place and join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's just go ahead and jump right into our first NBA player prop for tonight. Yeah, we also went two for two on the game picks, thanks to Joker turning it on in the second half uh, with a Thank monster you. line, of course. I think he had 63 PRA. Uh, the guy is just unbelievable. But uh, I'm going with Steph Curry here for this first one. Uh, speaking of unbelievable and not really, I don't have a problem with points assists or, or I mean, points is all the way up at 29, but I just want the, the five threes. And I again, you're getting better odds than you would expect. Plus 104 at FanDuel, plus odds for Steph to hit five threes when he's averaging 6.7 on 15.7 attempts his last three road games, hitting 43% of those. Uh, six plus threes in the win, and you want to tack one more on, is plus 350 at FanDuel. And I guess you're getting such tempting odds because the Wolves have been playing elite defense against the three-point line in the last two weeks. And I just, I don't care. That doesn't, that you can't play defense. Uh, uh, Steph is not a scheme you can draw up to deny him from shooting uh, or I mean the Warriors now they have their full roster right 
they're going to get him open with their scheme, uh, or he can just fire from wherever the hell he wants. His last five against the Wolves, he is, a, you know, a tick down from that insane production, but still hitting almost five threes per game at 38% on 12.6 attempts, also averaging 30 points, seven, rebound, uh, seven assists, six and a half rebounds. So, And despite how good they are overall limiting threes, I mean, they're, they're better on the wing. The Wolves, they're allowing the fourth most threes to point guards and the fifth most points to point guards on the season. So it's not like D'Lo or Ant is doing a lot of that stopping. Uh, so I, I think Steph and Clay both are good bets. Once again, I, I mean, they've hit their props probably in like five, six straight games here, uh, at least when you take just the threes or, or you take the points with Clay because he's just been reliable as hell. Yeah, yeah, for total for for Clay, uh, we just kind of keep throwing him in, right? Like we, we're, it, you can just count him as a prop that we're taking if he's going to remain at like twenty and a half points. Uh, which tonight I think they gave him a tick more. Yeah, twenty two and a half tonight. Look, he's still averaging like 27 a game in his, in his last like 11 games. So, um, I, you know, both of these guys. Yeah, but Steph with those seven made threes, those on the road right now in the, in, in the last three, um, you know, yeah, I, I think the 42 and a half percent, like you said, like you, you, you can't shape a defense to guard someone 35 feet from the basket. And he's been shooting from there at least a handful of times a game. So on those 16 attempts he's taking. Um I'm going with a few uh, sort of uh, fringe guys here for my two picks. I'll start off with Jeremy Sohan, uh, our boy on the Spurs there, who we've talked about once or twice a season. I think we hit him once earlier this season as well in a, in a get right, a good spot for him. Um, 19 and a half points and rebounds combined for the Rook, minus 110 on DK there. Or you could just take the boards as there's great odds on DK at plus 115 for him to get six boards. Um, and we're just, we're welcoming him to the party officially. Nate dropped 15, 8 and 2 in 33 minutes versus Sack a couple weeks ago, who they're taken on tonight uh with what's that total at now 245 and a half uh, so there's going to be some uh points and possessions in that one double digits in seven straight for the kids since uh in his last uh seven like i said 18 a game six boards and three and a half assists there um and then you know the king's offense on the road is just not the same there's probably gonna be some more rebounds for the kid 114 points a game on the road for them versus 123 shooting 33 percent from deep versus the ridiculous 40 percent that they're shooting at home for the king so um in the last month against power four like Sohan, 22 a game and 10 boards that they're allowing uh, to the to opposition there. So if he's going to get the like 33 to 35 minutes that he got against them a couple weeks ago, he's been averaging at least 28 or so in his last uh, seven, like you talk about there. So I think as long as he's getting the minutes that he's proven that he's he's pretty vital for them um, as they continue to tank, it's vital that he he's going to be vital for them in the future, and they might as well get him out there and, and see what they got. He's been he's been performing well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not tanking. They're playing Spurs ball, right. sprawl ball, right. and they've got a nice power forward who can fit into that. I mean, a lot of these beautiful Sorry, possessions you see from the Spurs lately, uh, Sohan's touching the ball and, and, and moving it. He's getting, he's getting some dimes in addition to these points and rebounds, but I think the rebounds is the best juice here, plus 115, uh, considering the Kings have, have struggled shooting the ball on the road lately. Um, and and that, I think that's really where you exploit it. But I think the odds are, are great here overall for him uh, to continue this this hot streak. Um, so um, I'll go with Kristaps Porzingis. Really, I would take any big man against Detroit. <clears throat> right now, uh, they're giving up the second most pain points and points per game on the season, but much, much worse in January. They've just completely laid out the red carpet, given up a league high 59 and a half paint points in January, along with the fifth worst rebound percentage 
in that span and a league high 14 rebounds to power forwards in that in the last two weeks here um Porzingis averaging 25 points eight and a half rebounds on 34 percent usage in his last two against Detroit since joining Washington Bradley Beal was active for that last one um and Porzingis, yeah, his his numbers were were down twenty point seven boards, more because it was a blowout than Beal was in there. Um, he does score two points per game fewer when Beal's in there, but one and a half more rebounds per game. Uh, also gets more boards on the road. His last six roadies actually filling up the the assists as well, three assists per game, along with twenty one points, nine and a half rebounds. So. Um, you can look at all at PRA 33 and a half in addition to just the 31 and a half points rebounds I looked at initially, but if he's going to be more of a, of a facilitator playmaker, even with Beal in there, because he has 12 dimes his last two road games. Uh, I think you, you look at Porzingis there, but I'm, I'm comfortable still taking him with Beal in the lineup. Uh, it's Kyle Kuzma that I think his usage takes a bigger hit. Uh, and, and this matchup is just so great because Detroit is is you want to talk about tanking they do not defend anything yeah I don't know how they're supposed to at this point with that roster too but um yeah I'm, I'm like you said to, to kick things off and that was good enough for me like I'm taking a big guy against Detroit right now uh who's just hemorrhaging points right around there right that's that's where they're they're most vulnerable uh Marvin Bagley probably out tonight uh, he's at least questionable but another great turnstile when he's in there uh if you want some points down low so um let's finish things off here like I said I'm kind of introducing two guys to the show because I don't think we've ever taken a precious Achua uh prop on this show in the few years that we've been doing it Nate um but I will Will say that we're going with him tonight against Utah. Uh, nine and a half boards is plus money. That's because Walker Kessler is down low these days for Utah. Um, but 24 and a half points and rebounds as well. That's minus 122. Also, we'll throw out if you're interested, plus 130 for the double double. So if you like the nine and a half boards at plus 105, I think we both expect him to get at least 10 points tonight. I think we expect him to get a few more, to be honest. But at least uh, that those couple there. So you know, the double double gets you a bit more juice on on the rebounds essentially. Um, his last six with OG and Anobi out, which is is really key for for the, the minutes that he gets and the uh, and the sort of uh, stats that he's able to put up. Seventeen points a game, ten and a half boards, and thirty four minutes uh, for for Precious, which is huge. You know, Chris Boucher is not really getting time uh, these days either, so you can feel pretty good about Precious getting the minutes out there. Last three when he was starting, which I think we expect him to do tonight as well, eighteen point three a game, and then twelve boards. Uh, these are all at Golden State, Portland, and Phoenix in those times. So you're talking about you know Golden State is doing a better job of limiting points in the paint down low and rebounds, but uh, Portland Phoenix, impressive what he did against uh, those those teams with a couple pretty good centers down there. Um, Utah in January is allowing the second most chance points, which is crucial here because they are much better in rebounding um, back into the top 10 uh, in terms of allowing opponent rebounds per game, um, which is really, really good. And that's a direct result of Walker Kessler being in there, because if you look at what they did in the lineup uh, through basically December before he got put in the lineup, they were 18th in opponent rebounds per game was Utah. Uh, we, I know we picked on them a bunch more earlier in the season when Kessler was getting like 20 minutes or less. Uh, but finally, Will Hardy was like, wait, this dude's like at least, the th you know, the third best player on my team right now. I need him in the game. So he's been getting a lot more minutes. But, um, you know, still Zubak had 15 and 12 against the kid. Um, Kyrie, when they were uh, against Utah, went for 48 and 11, getting down into the paint. Utah's defensive rating has been a lot worse, um, you know, overall. So I think the way that Precious is, is you know, playing for them uh, in, in a scrappy offense that we've talked about how bad it is in the, in the, in the half court and relies a lot on second chance points and crashing the offensive boards it's going to continue to be an important em an emphasis for Chua and I think that's why you can continue to, to rely on his stats without uh, OG in there 
Yeah, I mean, stat stuffing right now when he gets the minutes, uh, it's crazy that I, we're in this points league. To, I have Siakam and Achua side by side, and Achua is outscoring him every single night right now because he's just Damn. getting more points and rebounds, and, and Siakam is struggling with his shot. Uh, Toronto's probably going to be a bit of a seller at the deadline, I think. So just if you do wow. play fantasy basketball and Precious Achua is available – scoop him up he's probably going to start the rest of the way if uh toronto does deal one of those two forwards so uh yeah it's probably gonna be og right he's his props are going over but up uh yeah maybe og may if they don't want to extend siakam but uh Mm. yeah i mean that that would be a blockbuster deal definitely if they deal siakam in any case yeah yeah, achua stock arrow pointing up yeah, I like it. No, it's relevant here, and that's let that be a lesson to you all. Play fantasy basketball. It gives you little insights like this, because why the hell else would Nate care about what Precious Achua was doing if he wasn't on his fantasy team? Um, and yeah, that's a great call, because if OG does get um, you know sent away, or if Siakam, either one of those guys, uh, then you, you expect Precious to get a lot more time. Like we said, Chris Boucher is in the doghouse where he lives, basically, with Nick Nurse, um, so you can continue to feel good about Precious getting those minutes. And that is all the time we have for you in this one. We're going to look to stay hot with you guys on these player props tonight. Night. Continue to follow along by liking and subscribing to that page. And until we see you next, happy betting.